0: Good evening and welcome to another live episode of That's Truth. I'm Nathan Owens. Sitting across the desk from me as usual to answer your questions is Pastor Murphy. Good evening, Pastor.
1: Good evening, Pastor Nathan, and good evening to those who are listening to the program.
0: Before we jump back into our topic of separation, we have a couple of questions that have come in since last week. First one is, are Jehovah's Witnesses justified in claiming that only they are appointed to preach God's Word? Well,
1: um, I've got some quotations I would like to uh, probably read to the audience to give you an idea of the the arrogance of the uh, Watchtower Society and the Jehovah's Witness Movement. They just think that they have a corner in truth, and they're uh, the only interpreters that can really give you a proper understanding of the Bible. Of course, it's the most ludicrous thing I've read, but it's worth quoting. This is from Watchtower. Uh, October 1st 1967 and Watchtower July 1973 and I want to just quote what they said they said the Bible is an organizational book and belongs to the Christian congregation as an organization not to individuals regardless of how sincerely they may believe that they are that they can interpret the Bible for this reason the Bible cannot be properly understood without Jehovah's visible organization in mind. In other words, nobody can understand the Bible unless it is filtered through the the uh, Watchtower organization. They are the correct interpreters of Scripture. Let me read another quotation. It's taken from uh, December 1st, 1981, Watchtower. Jehovah God has also provided for visible uh, his visible organization, his faithful and discreet servant, Uh, made up our spirit of anointed ones to help Christians in all nations to understand and apply properly the Bible to their lives listen to this one unless we are touched with this channel of communication that God is using we will not progress along the road to life no matter how much Bible reading we do so, again, you've got to come to the World Society in order to get a proper understanding uh, of Scripture. You know, it's quite similar to the Catholic Church, that the Church interprets the Bible, and you don't have any right to interpret the Bible. Uh, so the magistrium uh, of the Catholic Church are the persons who expound Scripture, and you just follow Scripture, because they're the ones that have this apostolic succession, uh, given the gift of interpretation. Now, what is so comical about this part of the uh, G.A.W. is that they themselves uh, have made so many errors in interpretation that um, it is incredible that they have not humbled themselves and um, taken a more reserved position on these matters. For example... Uh, they had made so many false prophecies from their interpretation. They said the Millennium would have come in October 1872. They said the Battle of Armageddon would end in 1914. Uh, The Kingdom of God would be established in 1915. Then when that didn't happen, in 1925 again, they said the Millennium would come. When it didn't happen, they said it would come in 1975. And then they said Armageddon would begin before the end of the 20th century. Now, we're in the 21st century. In other words, they've made so many ridiculous predictions based on the interpretation of the Bible, yet they are claiming that uh, the Bible cannot be properly understood apart from their their teaching. Um, The other thing I would say uh, that is significant, Judge Rutherford, uh, who took over after... um, um, Russell died he predicted in 1925 23 that Abraham Isaac and Jacob would be resurrected as a matter of fact he built a mansion for them to live in and then when they didn't turn up they didn't get resurrected he turned around and lived in the mansion <laughs> I mean this is not by the way I can give you all the quotations on this if anybody would challenge me I can give you the year of the publication I can give you the Watchtower uh, I think I can give you the page number. So these are not something that I've just drawn out of a box. Uh, that is just something uh, incredible. Uh, Russell also claimed that um, he was the seventh messenger of Revelations 10-7, uh, not unlike the claim that is made for Ellen G. White about the spirit of prophecy in the book of Revelation. It is interesting, by the way, that the Watchtower Society uh, came out of the end-time in the late 19th century. And uh, the organizations that came out of that end-time where everybody was so concerned, the Lord will return, was the Mormons, the JW, the Seventh-day Adventists, and the Pentecostal Latter-day Reign theology. All of them came out of that same period of time. Uh, and and uh, what is also significant, by the way, that none of these people who started these movements had any knowledge of the Greek language or the Hebrew language, but yet they were able to start organizations just purely using the English Bible without a proper understanding of the underlying documents that uh, from which these, these uh, Bibles are translated. So I am just saying that they have no warrant whatsoever to, um, to make this kind of claim. I mean, suppose anybody can make the claim, but when you look at the history, uh of the movement and how it started and a lot of the predictions that made that didn't come through and they're supposed to be the organization through which christ uh reigns by the way they said that in 1914 christ returned but he did not return visibly he returned invisibly, and he now rules from the Watchtower Foundation. So he is given them guidance to understand the Bible, and they write all this documentation, yet it turns to be false. I mean, I would be embarrassed uh, at any level if I really thought that and, and really believed that. The other thing I would say about them is that in 1961, they came up with the New World Translation. That New World Translation was done by five translators, and none of them know, knew either Greek or Hebrew language. And what they've done, basically, is that they have perverted every single biblical passage that deals with the deity of Christ. They've added words, they've changed words, they've subtracted words, because they they, 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 they have imposed on the Bible uh, their belief system and not allowed the Bible to inform their, their, their beliefs. And, and that is why... Um, from a Christian point of view, uh, it, it's not worth listening to the uh, Watchtower people and the the uh, Watchtower magazines. One thing I would say about the Watchtower magazines, they're always up to date with current events. They, they always seem to have something that is going on in the international scene, and they do bring up certain scientific things, and it's a very glossy, attractive magazine. But when it comes to the interpretation of the Bible, it is fatally forlawed, and is not something that Christians should get engaged in and to, to and to, uh, to want to read. But they have no right to um, – they can't even interpret it correctly for themselves. They don't know how they can interpret it properly for anybody else.
0: As you were reading those quotes there at the beginning of that answer, my mind went to the passage – I believe it's Paul – says it commends the Bereans for studying on their own. I'm curious if how they would answer that. Uh, because obviously that goes contrary to the church having the answers, but the individual not.
1: Yeah, but again, um, I have another quotation from them of how to deal with um, theirs. Uh, they make like false prophecies and didn't come true. They are now um, making certain apologies, um, saying they didn't get it right. Uh, but again, you're claiming that you are the only ones that can interpret the Bible correctly, and that Christ returned invisibly and no rules from the to Society, and that these are Spirit-anointed men who are given the capacity to interpret the Bible. It's all contradictory. Uh, the other thing, Nathan, that is striking about the JW, is that they put believers into two categories. There are what you call the anointed remnant, which is the 144,000. The last of those um, was completed in 1930. They're the only ones that could partake of the communion service. They're the only ones uh, going to heaven. And uh, they are the only ones that, when they die, change into spirit creatures at death and, and go to be in glory. They're the only ones that are born again as well. The other group, which is called the, uh, the other sheep, or the grand uh, crowd, the great crowd, they're going to live on earth. They're not born again. Um, they're not chosen of God until they are resurrected and pass the final test during the millennium period. So it is incredible how they can take Scripture and just uh, kind of segment it without any logical sequence to it as well and contradicts the Bible again and again. All believers are born again all believers are going to glory, but to create this this two-tier level. And when our Lord said, I have other sheep, he was referring, the Jews were the first with the sheep of, of Jehovah. The other sheep are the Gentiles that would one day become part of the church so that the church becomes one. But they have created these two different categories terrible interpretation, and uh, part of the reason for that, of course, is that these are not men that understand uh, the original languages, and they just went by Russell's. And Russell, by the way, started the JW movement as a result of his hatred for hell. He refused to believe there was hell. So he had to come up with some interpretation. Uh, The other thing is this. He was a Presbyterian. He was a Congregationalist. He was a Seventh-day Adventist before he became a JW person, started the JW movement. And that is why some of the doctrines in the JW are similar to the Seventh-day Adventists, like soul sleep and annihilation. Mm-hmm. All of it uh, came from the same wa- ball of wax, quite frankly.
0: If you are intrigued by this discussion and pastor's answer on the Jehovah's Witness cult and you would like more answers as to how to answer their questions from a biblical perspective and any concerns that we should have about their beliefs from a biblical worldview. We have two entire episodes that Pastor did on this topic. Uh, If you go to Google, just type in that's Truth." Podcast. You can select your preferred podcast provider. Maybe it's Spotify, maybe it's Apple Podcast or Google Podcast, or you can go to our website, Radiolighthouse.org, and scroll down to the second large picture that you see and click on it's a picture of a microphone right in the middle. There's a circle that says podcast. Click on that. And then you'll see a link for the That's Truth podcast archive. Look for episode 41 and 42, which are entitled Jehovah's Witnesses. And those are two episodes that are uh, specifically about this topic and I'm sure would have some great benefit for you if you are interested in being able to be a better witness and better prepared to provide answers as i believe it's second peter uh, we are admonished um, to always be ready to give an answer thank you to the individual who sent in that question the next question that has come in is in relation to a video. I'm gonna give you a little summation of the video and then I'll share the listener's question and give Pastor a chance to answer. The person putting the video together is known as Trinidad Momfluencer and Blogger and she's upset at another so-called Christian TikTok creator who says she has made several contradictions. The other creator, the whole basis of this video, the response is in relation to someone saying, If you want to go to heaven, there's only one true God, and that God is Jesus Christ. The individual in this video uh, spends a lot of time talking about a lot of things. I'll just hit some of the highlights. She says, The Bible says that there are many gods. The God of the Christian faith believes he's the only God, but that God is not Yeshua, it's Yahweh. Uh, skipping down through some of the material that she says, Jesus keeps saying, through me to my Father, the Father and the Son are not the same. And she wraps up by saying, every religion can't be debunked, uh, can't Have debunked things in it. The Bible is the most contradictory of them all. How can you say that someone's religion is demonic and devil worship if your religion acknowledges other religions and other gods in the Bible? The question from the listener is, what is your take on this video, Pastor? The individual in this video advocates that Christ is not the only true God. Is she correct or misguided in her knowledge since she states she studied theology at the University of West Indies?
1: Well, uh, the first thing that struck me, we we couldn't play it on the radio because it's too vulgar, to be honest with you. I found it to be very coarse. I found it to be very crude. And um, she seemed to favor four-letter words, especially when it comes to uh, the biological term of feces. And she keeps using that term again and again. She's obviously Trinidadian. uh, But clearly... um, She pretends to a level of knowledge that is outside the pale of her um, understanding, and I think she should stay within the realm of a major, uh, because the things that she's saying, quite frankly, are so puerile and comical and shallow. Uh, She is very, very intolerant of biblical exclusivism. In other words, the Bible makes it very, very clear. There is one God, one true God, there's one savior there's one mediator there's only one way to God that is the uh, the exclusivism of the of the scripture and she seemed to be highly offended that um, this exclusivity of the scriptures uh should be there um, She says that uh the name of the true, true, only true living God is Yahweh, nobody denies that the old testament term for God um in the Hebrew language is Y H W H and it's commonly interpreted as Yahweh. No, nobody really knows if it is Yahweh or Yahweh or Yah because there's no vowels in the Hebrew language, they're just consonants. And um, but what they did, because the Jews uh feared the name of God so much, they never pronounced that name. And they substituted another name Adonai, which means Lord, and that is translated in the in the scriptures. Capital letters. So every time you see that word, word Adonai, quite frankly, it's referring to Jehovah. But the Jews before before um, were fearful of using God's name in vain, and that's why they desisted, and they only got the Y H W H. They've taken the vowels from Adonai and put them in Yahweh, so that's why you get the word Yahweh in there. But again, it doesn't have to be Adonai. Has I a O and A. a. So you could have put an O in it as well as an I or A, but it just chose to use the letter A. That's what how, how you get the word Yahweh. But there's no real uh, precise way uh, of uh, how that, and of course that was transposed from Yahweh into the English language using the word Jehovah. So there's a clear link between the two. But she um, claims that she had um, theological training at UWI, and of course UWI is not known for any kind of um orthodox belief systems, is mostly liberalism and neo-orthodoxy, so you can expect that if she got any kind of training there, it would not be in line with the orthodox teaching of the scriptures, so that doesn't surprise me. And besides that, I don't think that, to my knowledge, that the Judea has any kind of significant biblical faculty that has any kind of evangelical people actually doing the, the theology and teaching there at the school. Um, I was actually surprised that they had a, a, some kind of a branch of theology yeah. at the UWA. They might be taking one or two courses, bringing in one or two people from maybe the Anglican Church or something to to do the training, but I'm not too sure how it, how it works. But uh, clearly, uh, whatever knowledge she's acquired, she's a confused lady and have tidbits of knowledge and pretends to a knowledge she really doesn't have so she just needs to humble herself and stop being a smart Alice get back into the Bible and probably read some books on Christian apologics or something uh, to help her to get a better understanding. Now let me just say this Uh, she believes it's wrong to to call other forms of religion demonic etc etc but the Bible is very very clear that in the end time men will follow the doctrine of demons And behind a lot of the cultic movements, the New Age movement, and certainly within um, other forms of religion, Hindu and Islam, clearly behind that kind of religion is not Jehovah God, Uh, clearly cannot be, uh, because they deny uh, the Son, they deny that Christ is God, they deny that Christ was uh, crucified, they deny that Christ was resurrected. Any religion that espouses that kind of false teaching cannot be of God and totally contradicts the Scriptures. There's only one um, truth, and that is the truth of God's Word. And, uh, and by the way, could I say this, that not only Christianity cl- claims an exclusive, exclusivity in terms of its belief system. Every other religion, whether it be Hindu or the Muslim religion, they have an exclusive religion as well, and you have to join them and become part of them to get to heaven. So the claim is not just thrown in Christianity, and this is where in the marketplace ideas are being bandied and the, 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 the battle is going on in the marketplace in the battle of ideas. And that's why we believe in the right of people to be able to proselyte and share the gospel, and that's why we believe in religious freedom. Uh, but uh, she's a confused lady. And uh, Oh, the other thing is this, Nathan. She uh, says that uh, Jesus is not God because he spoke to his father when he was on earth. <laughs> Nobody ever claims in Christianity that Jesus is the same as the father. So she's a little bit confused there. She actually like, she believes in what is called modalism. Mm. That, uh, you know. But um, I think that what she really needs is a good book on theology. And if she would spend some time, rather than trying to be belligerent on and uh, get her moment of fame on the internet, I think it would do her wise to just sit down and uh, do a little bit of study. And I think it would maybe uh, the theological kings out of here and get it a better understanding of, of biblical truth.
0: You were mentioning that the Jews had such respect for God's name that they even kind of lost what how to actually spell the name. They didn't write it and all. Is that not an extreme stark opposite position as what people have today when it comes to the name of God
1: well the thing I've just been reading a few books that I just got on the internet and one has to do with the translation of the Jewish translating the Hebrew from manuscript to manuscript Nathan those people count every single letter they knew the sing, the center letter in the Bible, and when they did the translation and they counted and they didn 't get the center letter, they destroyed the manuscripts I mean it is just incredible uh, They are a very reverential, fearful people of the, of the God, not the orthodox people, and uh, the meticulous way in which they uh, copied manuscripts by remember there was no print and press, so they had to copy word for word they knew exactly what word to check for. They they hadn't had the vowels. I mean, the, uh, the what consonants to look for. Uh, they had c- calculated in such a way that uh, if you when you you, you count certain numbers, you didn't come to a particular word. It means that the uh, person who was copying had made a mistake. Start over again. Start over again. That is why, for example, the oldest manuscripts we had before the the uh, Dead Sea schools were discovered. Uh, was in uh, the Dead Sea Scrolls manuscripts are a thousand years older than the manuscripts we had before the the, 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 Dead Sea Scrolls were discovered. And guess what? Word for word, almost a precise... uh, It's so exacting that people can't believe after a thousand years Hmm. what was written... A thousand years before is the same as a thousand years after. It's incredible. It just gives you the meticulous care that they took because they f- knew and they felt they were dealing with a living God and God had spoken to the nation and that was their mission. An incredible reverence for scripture, etc., etc. We don't have that today. Uh, <coughs> may I say this as well? Uh, another thing I discovered was reading uh, in one of the books, I reading about the Muslim faith. One of the greatest insults you can do to a Muslim is to take your Bible and put it on the ground or put another book on it. He would never do that with the Koran. He mm-hmm. has such reverence for it. So even Christians can offend them in such a way because they have this reverence as well for the Koran. I was, I, was, I was totally bamboozled when I learned the level of reverence they have. And you don't mark your Bible. Hmm. If they God see you marking your Bible, you have a Bible you're trying to minute it, witness when when to them. They can't believe that you would mark God's Word. They have to that kind of a, a, a reverence for scriptures. It's not just the Jews, and it seems to be Eastern thing. Yeah. Uh, you know, we in the West have become so callous and so indifferent that nothing is sacred any longer. And I think it's one of the indications of the low level of spirituality we're at in the Western world.
0: You're listening to That's Truth on the Caribbean Radio Lighthouse, a live call-in program. It is designed around your interaction. We appreciate your interaction. We covet your interaction, and we look forward to your interaction. You can call and ask your question live on the air, one 462 7420 You can WhatsApp or text your question to 268 782 1454. Or you can join us on Facebook. Go to the Caribbean Radio Lighthouse Facebook page, click on the Facebook Live video feed, and then right there on your device in the comments section, you can comment your concerns and your questions. Before we move on, Pastor, one more question. In relation to the respect for God's name, for the listener who says, I agree with you, Pastor, we need to have more respect, but how do I go about starting that habit? Well, I, I think
1: the first thing is that we become self-conscious, that we've lost a sense of reverence. Um, I've had Christians, even in, I must say, I don't want to say too much, but in Antigua, I've had Christians that when they are saying something, they would say, oh, blind, man. I mean, use the name, like Jesus Christ. Yeah. Like, uh, like a cuss word. I mean, a, I'm saying, my, and I'm talking people who really... In my judgment, there seem to be solid believers, but I am appalled that they would use the name. As a matter of fact, I'm so offended sometimes, but I don't know, I can't believe I'm hearing what I'm hearing. Yeah. I don't know uh, how we got to that level, but clearly it is something that needs to be drawn to people's attention uh, when they use the And I think sometimes, too, Nathan, we need to stand up uh, for, um, like, for example, there are times when you're in, a, in a, well, it don't happen now because of the COVID. But when you're standing in line in the bank, sometimes some idiot would come in there and uh, be talking and, and start using Jesus' name in such a vulgar way. Um, I've seen that happen, and quite frankly, I really wanted to get, but I didn't want to commit a commess in the in the in the in the store. But I I really think the times have come where we need to say, listen, you know him. Uh, he is my Lord, and I would appreciate you don't use his name that way. I think if people were to be bold enough to make those kind of stands, it would make people more conscious, because I think we've lost this consciousness. We just think that God's name doesn't mean anything anymore. But I think that's one way we can do it, being self-conscious of it, how we use it, but also taking a stand when we hear it, use and abuse, and uh, just let people know that, uh, that's my Lord, and, and so on. Sometimes I think we might feel embarrassed because of the crowd, but I think if people saw that we did take a stand, I think it could move them back in the direction of understanding that there's a reverence and people do fear the living God. But we're too nonchalant when it comes to this matter.
0: Is it a sin? to use God's name in vain?
1: Well, it's, it's it's very clearly stated in the book of Exodus, chapter 20, that that's exactly a sin. You should not use the Lord's name in vain. So if God tell you not to do something, and you willfully disobey it, clearly it's a sin. Uh, but, you know, I think, Nathan, uh, more than that, I think people have lost the sense of sin, what sin is. I don't think people really, uh, you, you don't hear the word anymore. Uh, I am, as you know, you're probably doing the course as well. Everything is a disorder. Everything is a disorder. And I'm saying to myself, wait a minute, how can everything be a disorder, right? And I was reading another uh, book um, uh, this week where everything is a mental illness now. And the people that are saying it, by the way, I'm going to do a a series on the UN and the Christianity. Uh, And I just... Was reading the guy Cloud's book on on the matter of the UN and, and Christianity, and I was appalled that that is precisely what the UN is pushing as what is called spirituality. I mean, I I was I'd done this course. And now I saw the connection. It all seemed to be jiving together. We've got to be very, very, very careful the kind of language we use in the church. But we're adopting psychological terms, hmm. and I think that is a great, one of the great dangers. So we're losing a consciousness of sin. And when the church doesn't talk about sin, The world doesn't know about sin either. And it becomes just a a mistake, an error, a fault. But there's not a consciousness that we have sinned against God. That is what is lost, Nathan. Uh, And I think that the church needs to somehow, uh, um, I've said this in our church, it would be good for us to, again, in our witnessing, in our even preaching, to maybe do a series on the commandments, the moral law, we would not know what sin is without the moral law. And the moral law is not really being preached. I don't know if you understand what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. If the moral law is what makes you know what sin is, and we're not preaching it, not that we believe the law saves, but it's a means of bringing men to Christ. It's a schoolmaster. And I think when we get into the real uh, truth of what the, the commandments mean, what it is to to, uh, to, to honor God, to serve God, not to use His name in vain. You don't hear sermons like that anymore, right? Uh, I think that, and you know, I just feel that we are losing the uh, influence the church should have on setting the mind of people to make them uh, be aware that they are in a state of total lostness before God I don't think that the modern person really believes any longer in hell uh, I think we've just done a, a, a we've messed up the whole situation where everybody just feels that God is so loving now that there's nothing we can do to offend him that he would not eventually just open heaven's door and all us of the great grandfather and everybody will have a happy life after I think that is a general mindset that's why the church is preaching what health, wealth and prosperity mm-hmm. <laughs> not preaching the gospel right And people love that, Uh, and I, I really think that we're doing a great disservice to humanity by not preaching the words we should.
0: For the listener who just was turning the radio dial or pushing the up and down buttons and came across this program, Pastor, and said, you sound different than most religious stations. You're using a lot of terminology I'm not familiar with, but I want to make sure I have a right relationship with God. What do I need to do?
1: Uh, There's only one way to have a right relationship with God. That relationship with God comes through faith in Jesus Christ. And the Bible tells us two things. We need to repent of our sins, and we need to put our faith and trust in the finished work of Jesus Christ in the cross. When a person does that, the Bible said God forgives them, God takes their sin, but God does something else. He imputes the righteousness of Christ to their account so that God can deal with us as though we are in Christ. We are not. The sinful nature is not removed, it is still there, and that will never be removed until we see Him and become like Him. So there has to be a way that God who is holy can deal with us on a basis of friendship and, and uh, sonship. And that can only be had if we are in Christ, because His righteousness becomes our righteousness. So God sees us as righteous in Him. That's one of the great truths that there's no other religion on planet earth that has solved that problem of how can a sinful man still be approached by a holy God. There's no, no other explanation outside biblical theology that makes it sensible of how God can still do this in the
0: process. You're listening to the Caribbean Radio Lighthouse. If you have a question, we would love for you to call in and ask it. If you don't want to speak live on the air and you want to WhatsApp or text it, you can send it via WhatsApp or text message to 268-782-1454 appreciate those who have already sent in questions and go ahead and send in your question as it comes to your mind again whatsapp or text 2687821454 you can call and ask your question live on the air 2684627420 And no matter how you are joining us tonight, we are honored that you have taken time out of your Tuesday evening schedule, or maybe you're listening to the podcast or a rebroadcast of this episode. We are honored that you've taken time out of your busy schedule to participate in the program with us. Until we receive your question, we're going to continue a discussion that Pastor started at least a couple of weeks ago, maybe three weeks ago, on the topic of Separation. Pastor, can you give us a real brief overview to catch us up for those that are just new to this topic?
1: Yeah, we just um, thought, I just thought we should do it because it's one of the most uh, neglected doctrines, I think, uh, in the scriptures. Uh, And the whole movement today um, is towards what is called unity and the ecumenical system the world church you know all this kind of the whole idea is that we all have got, got to come together forget our differences major on our c- common features and uh, just try to be you know um, lovey-dovey with each other there's the idea of separating f- uh, churches separating the idea of separating from people who are in biblical era the idea of separating from worldliness is seen to be a lost concept within the Christian church And uh, I think that when you go to scriptures, it's one of the uh, doctrines that is emphasized that we have neglected to an extent. And because we've neglected it, I think a lot of worldliness and false teaching has infiltrated the Church. and People are still holding on to connections that should be broken and come out from certain groups. But when we talk about uh, separation, uh, Nathan, we are talking about the the idea of um, separating from sin and error, and separating ourselves onto truth and righteousness. That is a very simple definition. You separate from something onto something else. So it's not just isolating yourself from uh, certain things. It's like you are you, you, um, you, you move away from idolatry and sin onto the Lord. It, it's basically that kind of a concept. So we're talking about moving away from error and um, sin, and moving in the direction of truth and righteousness, that's essentially what, what we're talking about, separation. We also mentioned that uh, basically there are three levels of separation, uh, which has to do with moral separation, which would be from sin in the world, personal separation, which has to do with separating yourself from other believers uh, who are in error or who are not following the the moral norms and the biblical norms that have been uh, stated and stipulated in Scripture, and then we talk about ecclesiastical separation or doctrinal separation where there are times when you have to move away from a church, uh, because that church has gone so far away from the tr- from the truth that you are called in Scripture to s- come out from among them and be separate. So those are the three basic levels of, of separation, and we have already covered uh, the first one, which has to do with moral separation. Uh, We did the first part of that, which has to do with separating from sin, and uh, we did that last week. And uh, this evening, if we would be allowed, uh, I think we need to talk about separating from the world itself. Uh, So that is just a synopsis of what we've covered so far.
0: Real quick before we talk about separating from the world. Whose power are we using to do this separation? I mean, we've all been around long enough to know that some individuals have much more willpower and discipline than others. So is it dependent on my strength or your strength to do the separation?
1: I think it's a matter of obedience to Scripture. I think that settles it once and for all. I think we as Christians got to get back to this book. We've got to get away from personalities. We've got to get away from organizations, and we've got to get back to this book. This is this book is the only thing that can save us from the deception that is taken over the end times. And uh, believe you me, it is frightening. Uh, I I I told you this morning. Today I went to sleep at five o'clock in the morning. I got so absorbed in what the UN is doing to to globalize what is called spirituality and the different organizations that they're using and the format that they're using, I didn't even know this was going on behind the scenes. And I was totally oblivious to why so much is happening and what was really behind all of this is happening. And I, I just, I, I was reading, I just, I said, this, we need to be warned.
0: Mm.
1: We need to be warned because this is a concerted effort. It's not happening accidentally. Uh, and uh, and the amount of organizations that have been formed that no part of the, the UN. And I didn't even know to have a meditation room. Huh. I had no idea. Uh, and then I um, the, uh, the study of those who became the Secretary Generals. Uh, it's a shocking to find out what they believed and what they were pushing from their doc- their writings, what they really wanted for the UN. I, it's a dimension that, quite frankly, I was oblivious to. And I'm saying that a lot of the spiritual spiritual chaos that we experience today and the deviation from scripture, the fountain hell of it, quite frankly, is the UN. And that was that enlightened me to the point where I said, you know what? I'm gonna to have to do something on this to really and I'm gonna quote what they're saying, what they're trying to accomplish, and how they're going to get it done. It's going to shock you. Like, it shocked me. I couldn't put down the book. I was just reading and reading and reading. And I'm saying to myself, man alive, I'm living in a box world, not even understanding the forces at work, creating this new movement of spirituality. And by the way, they're all talking about spirituality. They're all talking about Christ consciousness. They're all talking about transforming the world through meditation, so that Christ will come back. But this Christ is the... Hindu Christ, he is the uh, even the Muslim Christ. So they, but they go under three different names, but they all have the same idea and they now want people to become united around wrong religion. Uh, it is
0: <laughs> so it's not just the uh, liberal churches oh, no. that are using the equity. Oh no, as a diagnosis. matter of
1: fact, what I discovered is that a lot of the label churches. Uh, attend these functions and these conferences that are sponsored by the UN to huh. bring about this spirituality, this, this global spirituality. And the other thing I discovered, Nathan, is that the whole thing is going back to uh, nature worship. Gia, the Greek god of nature, the mother god. It's all headed to... They're finding one common factor, and that is we need to save planet Earth. And we have to have a spiritual religion, a spirituality that is so united to Mother Earth, because Mother Earth is what gave the uh, birth. They believe in evolution as well. See, and we are part of Mother Earth. And just Mother Earth gave us life, we know how to save Mother Earth. It is, <laughs> It is part of this mysticism that is going on, but again, I didn't realize the major function of the UN in pushing this agenda of spirituality and the different organizations that are formed within the UN that support these different things and the conferences that are sponsored by them to have these all these religions coming together, it was an eye opener. I just couldn't put down the the, the the book. It was, it left me in a state of daze where I was saying to myself, "But we need to make believers aware of this," and I hope to be able to do that in in some of the programs to come.
0: If you have a question or a concern or a topic that you would like to suggest, you can call and ask it live on the air. 268-462-7420 is the phone number to call. You can WhatsApp or text your question to 268 268- Seven eight two one four five four, and you can send your question in via WhatsApp uh, or, excuse me, Facebook. Go to the Caribbean Radio Lighthouse Facebook page, click on the Facebook Live video feed, and then right there in the comment section, you can send your comment or your concern.
1: Yeah, Nathan. One other thing I, I, I'm going to mention here that. To come back, they to get this program that they're planning this this new spirituality and stuff like that, and, and get all these different. They have decided to target the children, right? That, that's where it's starting. They have targeted the children. They've pretty much given up on the adults. Now they've decided the only way to change the world is to change the mindset of the children. So the focus now is on getting this ideology into into the children and they can start with education mm. right uh i think parents if they never got c- concerned about what the children are being taught the time has come that parents got to go to pta meetings they got to find out what the curriculum is they want to see the books they want to see what's in the books the time has come other than that we're going to lose our kids and uh, it's, it was an eye opener as well that how their philosophy is now targeted at the kids to create this new generation
0: are you saying that your child should no longer go to a secular school?
1: I am saying it may come to a point where Christians might have to make those type of decisions. Okay. For example, if I had a, I was going to, um, my child was going to school, and it's part of the curriculum that they had to be taught how to put on a condom. They had to be taught that mummy and is an, a mummy and a daddy it could be a daddy and a daddy and a mummy and a mummy. It comes to the point where I think that that's 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 too much for me right now, but I feel that the parents are the ones to put pressure on the government the government serves the people that's mm-hmm. what we need to let the government understand and if enough parents would strike and say we're not sending our kids to school uh because of this nonsense need to be taken out governments have would, would would listen politicians are elected the people's voice is what they they don't want if they are concerned they're not get reelected next time because of whatever that kind of pressure is the only pressure politicians know. Nothing else they know about, right? And I think parents have to use that kind of pressure in the future to get a curriculum that are in harmony with uh, their moral principles and understand that they can lose their children if they don't get engaged and understand what is going on in the educational system. I don't know when it will reach Antigua, and I don't know when it will reach the Caribbean, but I know in Trinidad already, they are rebelling against the movement that started uh, to want to introduce a lot of this stuff to our kids in the Caribbean and I hope that parents wake up uh, They can't sleep any longer and just let let be let their and whatever happen happens It's a new dimension to this whole matter. It's a warfare right now, and uh, we've got to save our kids Otherwise, I don't see how if there's a next generation if the Lord should tarry, I'm very fearful. what is going to happen?
0: <coughs> if you haven't already jotted down our contact information let me share with you you can call and ask your question at 268-462-7420 you can whatsapp or text your question to 268-782-1454 thank you to those who have already sent in questions this evening and go ahead and send in your question if you're debating in your mind you know what this seems like a silly question or it seems like i'm probably the only one that has it maybe i should ask it in private sometime If you have the question, someone else has it. Maybe it's something that you don't personally have the question, but you have heard a coworker or a family member discussing it and confused. Go ahead and send it in. We would be glad to answer it from a biblical perspective. Let's continue with our topic of separation. What about separation from the world? What do you mean by that? You referenced it in your introduction. And does this have anything to do with um, the physical world that we're talking about?
1: Well, uh, in Scripture, the word world uh, is used in three different senses. Uh, It refers to humankind, uh, mankind. Um, Matthew 26, verse 13, if you could read that.
0: Matthew 26, verse 13 reads as follows, Verily I say unto you, Wheresoever this gospel shall be preached in the whole world, there shall also this, that is, this woman, (coughs) there shall also this. That this woman hath done be told for a memorial for her.
1: That, that type there is used in, in terms of preach to humanity. You don't preach a gospel to a physical cosmos. You preach gospel to humanity. So clearly, that would be a definite. It also has to do with the physical created world. Um, Hebrews eleven three uh, would be uh, an example.
0: Hebrews chapter eleven and verse three. If you're wanting to follow along. Through faith we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God, so that things which are seen were not made of things which do appear. He's
1: talking about the material world now, the cosmos, quite frankly. Uh, so he's not dealing here now with the world of humanity, uh, he's dealing here with the world. So that word world, depending on the context, the context always defines a word. Uh, And the mistake that people make is that they just take a word from the Bible, ignore the context. But that word, you know, just like in English. um, One word in English could mean so many different things. Uh, You would want one single word. But the the context determines exactly what that word means, etc. And then the the third way in which the word is used has to do with the world system. That is the system of uh, government that... Uh, is operated by unregenerate humanity and is organized under the control of Satan, quite frankly. A reference to that would be first John two fifteen to seventeen.
0: First John two fifteen to seventeen. Love not the world, neither the things that are in the world. If any man love the world, the love of the Father is not in him. First John two sixteen says for all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh, and the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life, is not of the Father, but is of the world. And the world passeth away, and the lust thereof. But he that doeth the will of God abideth forever.
1: Yeah, well, that clearly is talking here about the world system. Um, it's not talking about the material world. It's not talking about the world of humanity. It's talking about the, the system of the world that has been organized uh, by unregenerate man and is under the influence of satanic uh, powers, that's what he's talking about. And that's what we mean when we say that we must not uh, love the world. Uh, Dr. Ironside uh, used to say that this world is a system controlled by Satan in which people are trying to make themselves happy without God. I think that's a very good um, summary of what we're talking about. People attempt, attempted to find... It was interesting, uh, Nathan, that when Cain killed Abel, we're told that it, Cain went away from Lord and built a city. It's also interesting that his ancestors were the first one that created musical instruments, and the first one that created cities. I think that is significant itself, that they're trying to find... Uh, make life function with uh, pleasure and happiness without God. He doesn't come back to God. He builds a city and his ancestors produce human instruments, etc. I think that um, that's exactly how the world is. It's trying to uh, create happiness and contentment and satisfaction. And the whole system of the world is built about uh, offering men happiness and satisfaction without any reference to God. And that system that uh, offers man uh, happiness without God is what the Bible is warning against. It's interesting that if you look at these scriptures and you do a, a kind of panoramic survey of the world system and how God sees it, uh, you would understand why he tells us we are not to be part of this world system. For example, if you look at John fourteen thirty,
0: John 14, and verse 30 says, Hereafter I will not talk much with you, for the prince of this world cometh and hath nothing in me.
1: Again, that's one of the biblical terms for Satan, the prince of this world, the one who controls and manipulates and uh, uh, influences uh, the direction in which the world goes in terms of his anti-stance against God. Look at uh, chapter 16, the same book, and verse 11.
0: 1611, of judgment because the prince of this world is judged.
1: Once again, the reassertion that Satan is judge, uh, and of course he was judged at the cross, but again, the whole idea is that he is the prince of the world. He manipulates, he controls the world system. Of course, God has his plan that is going to be worked out because God is ultimately sovereign. but because man has gone away from God, uh, God allows Satan uh, to have a measure of control within his the parameters of his plan. And when man sinned, man came from under the um, the aus- auspices of God, as it were, and put himself under the authority of Satan. And this is part of the price that we're paying today. So the, the, the world system is seen as controlled uh, by Satan. You were saying something?
0: Yeah, you referenced that he's controlling this world system. Is it possible for a politician or a leader or an individual to be guided or controlled by Satan without realizing that he is
1: i don't i don't doubt that's what's happening uh for example, look at what has happened in America. Everybody knows that America's gone crazy to be honest with you I mean <laughs> There are five genders now, 12 genders, I forgot how many you've got. I think I mean, it's more than that. It's madness. I mean, everybody knows that America's gone. How, how do you account for that? How do you account for allowing a baby to be aborted up to the time of birth? You ever seen a baby yet that's just born? If he's a, if he's a day before he's born and he's aborted, how can doctors, medical doctors, who believe are supposed to sign the uh, Hippocratic Oath uh, to preserve life, can you imagine a man with a baby just before birth, taking a knife and pulling his parts or injecting him with some kind of a poison that turns him into syrup or something. How how could this happen, right? I mean, to my mind, it's like the world has gone crazy. Hmm. Uh, And I have no doubt that behind this, because the devil is a liar and he's a murderer from the beginning, that this mayhem, that he has done to make people believe that you're going to control the population by murdering innocent people, etc., etc., and that there is a population crisis. It's a myth, a complete myth. But clearly, you can't look at what is happening globally without feeling there is a supernatural, infernal supernatural power that is somehow influencing the ideas that are are coming across. How can a man marry a man, and a woman marry a woman? Hmm. How can you allow these people to adopt children I mean, to my mind, there's nothing more evil than this. But where is this evil coming from? There are forces at work that are being manipulated by satanic powers to create this kind of an environment. Uh, And I don't think there's any doubt in anybody's mind who reads the Bible without knowing there's a mastermind behind the level of corruption and deceit that's going on today. No doubt about that.
0: But for the individual that says, Pastor Murphy, but the individual that I'm voting for, that I am supporting whether it's in a government perspective or not they are they don't claim to be a satan worshipper they they claim to be a good person they're not controlled by these forces you're talking about well
1: let me use an illustration david was a man after god's own heart who p- injected into david's mind to number the people The Bible says Satan did it, okay? So he has a way of, he can inject ideas into our mind. If we don't have the supernatural power of the Holy Spirit which shields us, we're in Christ. The man that is not saved, the man that is unregenerate, he doesn't have any shield whatsoever, so he can be manipulated with ideas. So I I, I mean, uh, I am not saying that every politician in the world, but I am saying there's no doubt about it that there is a mastermind behind the chaos that is being created. And because it cannot be explained, uh, it doesn't make any sense whatsoever. Nor rationale is is behind this whole system. And there has to be some uh, mind behind it. And I I believe wholeheartedly that Satan is behind a lot of what is happening today.
0: A question that's come in via Facebook. The scripture said, and the gospel of the kingdom shall be preached in all the world, then shall the end come. Matthew twenty four fourteen. Question, what is the gospel of the kingdom?
1: Well, again, if that person were to read that particular passage, uh, you'll find that this has to do with the uh, tribulation period. And this has to do where our Lord, according to Revelation, will have... 144 Jewish evangelists, 12,000 from each tribe, that will go into all the world and declare the glad tidings That's after the church is raptured. So the gospel of the kingdom there would be the kingdom is coming. What kingdom is coming after the tribulation? The millennial kingdom. That's the good news, that the king is coming, and he's going to set up his kingdom. And you need to put your faith and trust in the king. Who's the king? Jesus Christ. So that's the message of the kingdom, right?
0: Thank you very much for the individual who sent in that question. We appreciate it. If you have a question you can call and ask it live on the air by calling two six eight four six two seventy-four twenty. Or you can WhatsApp and text it to two six eight seven eight two one four five four.
1: Another good verse, Nathan, is Ephesians chapter two, verse two.
0: Ephesians two two says wherein in time past he walked according to the course of of this world, according to the power of the prince of the air and the spirit that worketh in the children of disobedience.
1: Classic example. Before we were saved, we were so wrapped up in this world system and the direction the world was going. But who was the mastermind behind it? The spirit that now worketh in the children of disobedience. We can't um, understand what is happening on planet Earth without understanding that there is the power of God and there is the power of evil. And behind this evil is satanic power. This is the battle going on in the invisible world that the Bible talks about. We don't wrestle against flesh and blood. This is the war that nobody sees. That is the real war, right? And we need to understand that behind a lot of what is happening, men are the visible objects. But behind these men, are and if before we were saved, we were walking after the course of this world according to the Spirit uh, that now works. That same Spirit is now working in the same lives of people who are not saved, see? They don't have the protection the believer has and the Christian has. And they are open themselves to satanic, uh, not only just abuse, but also satanic manipulation and control. One other thing, another one, Nathan, look at 1 John five nineteen.
0: First John five nineteen says, "And we know that we are of God, and the whole world lieth in wickedness." See that word,
1: wickedness. The word is, is really evil one. Hmm. And and the word there is that the whole world is in the lap of the evil one. I see. That's what we know, right? That's what the Bible says. We should know as Christians that this world system, behind it, manipulating it. Is a satanic mind behind this whole thing, and, uh, and, and by the way, we don't have time to go into it, Nathan. But again, when you go into the book of Daniel, you discover that uh, there's a the prince of Greece, there's a the prince of Persia. These are uh, satanic uh, angelic beings behind these world empires, the Grecian Empire and the Persian Empire. Uh, why should we think today? <laughs> That somehow, because we're living in the 21st century, there's not a prince of the US, a prince of, of, of uh, England, a prince of uh, Russia, a prince of these different powers, uh, a d- demonic power working uh, to manipulate, uh, to move these nations in a direction, not of God's plan, but satanic plan of the coming antichrist that's gonna rule the world, to prepare the world to reach a point of complete catastrophe, where it's looking for an answer. Who is gonna solve this world's problems? Satan will produce his masterpiece, a great orator, great intellect, great economist, who will decide how we're gonna solve the world's problems. And the world the world is waiting. Waiting. For someone to appear in the world scene to solve the problems that we see ahead of us, and I think that is being we are being prepared for that. So that they're trying to just, uh, do away with all national boundaries. That we don't have, we have a, a global village. Right, It's all is headed in that direction. That the world accept. And by the way, COVID showed us that the whole world shut down for a period of time because it's like it was preparing us for what is going to happen. Uh, And we were taking all the advice we got from one source, quite frankly. Now we discovered that that source deceived us and never told us about the side effects of that and that they were hiding information from us, uh, etc. So we took the virus, we took the vaccine, but we didn't know the truth about the side effects of the vaccine. But we were taking our information from one source, and if we didn 't do it, the government was threatening to lose our, we lose our jobs we do this, we do the next. We for the first time, see how we can be, people can be coerced to to make choices and decisions that they don 't want because of the economic consequences of those decisions and they yielded and and gave in the government policy
0: i don't don 't want to get too political sure. here, but if you 're paying attention to any news coming out of the u s there 's Political, or there is an election cycle coming up here at the beginning of November. And there are political entities that are campaigning, and it seems like on the sole basis of if you elect me, you will be allowed to have. An abortion, abort your baby with no restrictions. That's why you should have, uh, why you should vote me in. Our, my question is, are we in the Caribbean? Are we behind a protective wall that that kind of nonsense is not going to come here, or are we headed down that same path?
1: I think it's going to come from here because the church is so weak, and Christians are not willing to take a stand. I've said this several times in the Greater, We do not have what I call Christian statesmen we don't have men that are christians first and politicians second. we have people who are politicians first and christians christians later. that's the tragedy. so we don't have people who are willing to take a stand against this kind of thing. for my for me Nathan, I cannot see how any person that calls himself a christian could ever vote for a political party that sanctions abortion. it's murder. It's legalized murder. How can a Christian with a conscience do that? I can't see it happening. Hmm. But it seems to be happening. Maybe I have a different understanding of God in the Bible, but to my mind, I could not date with a political party that legalizes. And by the way, it's, it's not just legalizing, but up to the very day before the birth of the child. Can you think of anything more barbaric than that?
0: No, it's an innocent life. <laughs> so
1: I can't uh, I don't understand what is happening and I think the part part of the reason for that is that the church has become politicized. See? And that is part of the problem. The church will just take a, a Christian will take a position on the scriptures. It doesn't mean that we don't vote in politics. We should give a voice, uh, if it is something wrong or evil, whatever it is, but we can't sanction parties that completely violate Human life and what God puts on life there 's nothing more important and more sacred than human life. so any political party that 's advocating the slaughter of innocent people is a evil, wicked, ungodly party that Christians should never be part of and I'll tell you what if the Christians that are part of this party would come out and say we 're not going to vote, you see what will happen hmm. You see how quickly they will change see, but the church has just Remain blind and in my judgment has allowed politics to ruin its moral authority and it finds itself now in a point of weakness and that's the dilemma that we find ourselves in
0: thank you for listening to That's Truth on the Caribbean Radio Lighthouse the time across the Eastern Caribbean on this Tuesday evening is 8.34 we are discussing the topic of separation, and pastor's been talking about separation from the world. Anything else you want to mention on that?
1: One last verse that's, um, that would give you an idea of the biblical concept that this is under control of Satan is Second Corinthians four four.
0: In whom the God of this world hath blinded the minds of them which believe not, lest the light of the glorious gospel of Jesus Christ, who is the image of God, come and shine unto them.
1: Again, it, here is Satan not only active in the world of, the domain of politics, but he's now also active in the area of uh, people's spirituality, what they believe. And he hides the truth and blinds them to truth so that they they, they find it hard to believe. You remember the parable of the uh, sower when the, the man was sowing seed and he scattered the seed and we're told that the seed fell on uh, the wayside. Yeah. You remember when our Lord was interpreting and he said that, the birds came and took up the seed. Remember what our Lord said? He said, Satan is the bird. That when the seed of God is preached, the word of God is preached, rather than the word allowed to sink into the believer, into his heart, or the person who's listening, he comes and he snatches that word, takes that word away, so that that person doesn't have the word, so it can't produce food in it. But notice the agent, the satanic agent in keeping people in spiritual blindness. Uh, I mean, anyone that... Um, and again, notice he's called the God of this world, has blinded the minds of them that believe not. Again, the one, the prince of this world, the one spirit at work in children of disobedience, all of those terminologies, all of those descriptive uh, adjectives that are used there are all identifying one character, and that is Satan himself. And that gives you an idea why believers Shouldn't be very careful of how they get involved in this this whole world system, etc., etc. Uh, but that is one of the the basic principles that that guides us in in this whole matter of trying to separate from the world and the world system uh, that God calls for because it's under the satanic satanic control. By the way, this explains sometimes why the uh, J.W. for example do not vote in politics. <coughs> <coughs> they um, would not join the military. Um, they take this verse very seriously, that this world system is completely under satanic control and believers should have absolutely nothing to do with it. The only problem is they do have to do with it because when they want to get into a country, they have to go through government. So even though they tell you one thing, they have to get permission to, and, and so they get a delegation, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. So there's some level of involvement. But uh, we would say that while we're not to be part of the world system, that doesn't mean that we should not be engaged. We should we should vote. That's all right, et cetera, et cetera. So we're not isolationists in this regard, but we're talking about getting so wrapped up in the world system that we lose our Christian identity and surrender our beliefs and our, fa- our faith about Scripture.
0: Now, last week you were talking about separating from sin. Tonight you've been talking about separating from worldliness. You referenced in your introduction this evening personal separation. What in the world do you mean by that?
1: Okay. Before we move to that one, yeah. I, I do want to elaborate a little bit more on this, this, this whole world thing. Yeah. And say I want to show you as well, not only is uh, uh, the reason we are not to be wrapped up in the world system and become worldly is because of the satanic control. But if you look at um, John fifteen eighteen,
0: John fifteen eighteen reads as follows. If the world hate you, you know that it hated me before it hated you.
1: Right. And also look at John seven seven.
0: John seven seven. The world cannot hate you, but me it hateth, because I testify of it that the works thereof are evil. Okay,
1: and then look at John sixteen thirty three.
0: John sixteen thirty-three. These things I have spoken unto you, that in me ye might have peace. In the world ye shall have tribulation, but be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. The
1: point I'm making there, Nathan, is that not only is Satan uh, manipulating the the global system of politics, but clearly he, uh, the world itself, is opposed to the believer. We need to understand that. Uh, Jesus said on another occasion, Woe unto you when when men speak well of you. Right? If we are somehow finding favor with the world, something is wrong. We are not the salt and the light that we ought to be. I am not saying we go there to be tr- troubled people, right? But if the church is speaking authentically the gospel message, there's one Christ, there's one God, there's one way uh, to salvation, uh, we are going to rub people the wrong way, that people need to repent that this world system is evil. That you can't salvage it. You preach that kind of message, and you you get the blast of the world. But that's the biblical message, and the reason why the church, the world, seems to favor uh, with the, with, the, with the church is because the church is not preaching the message to offend the world. It is preaching a message to ingratiate itself into the favor of the world, and as a result of that, quite frankly, the message is a softened, corrupt, diluted message that has no real impact in causing the world to think and want to change. So the church is able to continue what it's doing, and it's living in its own bubble world. The world is happy what it's doing, and the two don't seem to, in any way to be opposed to each other at this point in time. But it's coming to the point where, <clears throat> because the Church and believers are going to take a stand on certain things that are coming up. For example, we will take a stand against same-sex marriage. We'll take a stand against uh, lesbianism and homosexuality. We'll take a stand against uh, the uh, the system that the U.S. got uh, the... The United Nations about the education's comprehensive sexual education when it begins to want to enter the schools we then we will see what it is to take a stand and how the world but you know the, 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 the now begin a, because we are now taking a stand for truth as long as we don't take a stand for truth we're pals the moment we take a stand for biblical truth. War starts. And that's why uh, today the church has lost its its power, its, its moral clout, etc. It is too meshed in with the world and is not preaching the authentic gospel.
0: You're listening to That's Truth on the Caribbean Radio Lighthouse broadcasting from the island of Antigua. Guy, do you have a question? You can Call in and ask it two six eight four six two seventy four twenty, or you can WhatsApp or text it to two six eight seven eight two one four five four. Two
1: other verses: Corinthians. I sorry, John seventeen fourteen.
0: John seventeen fourteen says, "I have given them Thy word, and the world hath hated them because they are not of the world, even as I am not of the world."
1: Again, that's very very clear, that. As long as you take the word, I've given that word, and the world hates them. When the believer now takes the word that Christ has given and lived by that word and preached that word, hate will come. And the reason why hate will come, they are not part of the idolatry of the world, and therefore this hatred comes. So he's warning us (laughs) that this world is not a friend of grace, it's not a friend of the church. And if it is a friend of grace, a friend of the church... Something is wrong. Hmm. We're not preaching the right message. Because he said, I came as a light into this world. The reason why they hate me is because I use light. The believer is light. The believer is salt. Once you are salt and light, you are going to get a negative reaction in this world. If we're not getting it, it's because the salt has lost its savor. And light is no longer light. It has become darkness. One of the, I keep saying one of (laughs) the, John 15, verse 18 and 19
0: If the world hate you, ye know that it hated me before it hated you. If ye were of the world, the world would love his own. But because ye are not of the world, but I have chosen you out of the world, therefore the world hateth you. cannot
1: be very clear. Uh, The world would only love us if we are part of it. We get... Uh, enmesh with it, we get um, caught up with it. We are doing the same thing the world is doing. Have the same philosophies, have the same ideology. The world loves that. But if we're not of the world, we're not doing what they're doing, and we don't we uh, espouse a different philosophy, a different lifestyle. That is when the hate comes. It cannot be very more, more clear that as long as we are like Christ, we are light, we are salt. We meet with hatred when we are not. We meet with toleration. We meet with uh, people, um, quite frankly, um, even speaking well of the the Church, and it's a lovey-dovey situation, as long as we don't rattle what they're doing that is evil or wrong. And when we see that the Church is uh, is not opposed, uh, it's just as though there's a, a peaceful coexistence. Something has gone wrong. The Church is not the salt and light that it should be, right? And I think that is substantially where we are in the modern Church. I said on Sunday morning that the modern Church is um, gullible, greedy, and godless. And I thought about those words very carefully before I used them. Gullible, greedy, and godless and I think that is exactly where the modern church is today and, and, and what I mean by godless by the way I don't mean that they don't go to church I mean they don't practice godliness that's what I mean by, by that I think that sums up and they're greedy in the sense that they all are in the pursuit of the same things health, wealth and prosperity is the sole goal now of the modern church and that is I don't want to call it Christian greed that is greed portrayed as Christianity as really atheistic greed and of course, they're gullible. They're no longer looking at scriptures, examining scripture. Everything the person says is being said a- accepted, and that's why they've gone down this road and being deceived totally. That, to my mind, is a summary of where we are today
0: in relation to the the separation from the world. Anything else you want to mention before we move on?
1: Uh, if you look at uh, Galatians six four, Galatians six four.
0: But let every man prove his own work, but then shall he have rejoicing That's in That's
1: Galatians 6. Mm-hmm. Okay, I've got the wrong reference. I'm um, looking for the reference in Galatians where Paul says um, that it is the cross that has made him uh, crucified to the world and he unto the world itself. It's in Galatians. I got it. Maybe it's 4 6, instead of 6 4. Try 4 6.
0: Yeah, Galatians 4 6. And because ye are sons, God hath set forth the spirit of his Son in your hearts, crying, Abba, Father. No,
1: the reference is there. Maybe I can just check your concordance and get it. Um, By which the the world is crucified unto me. Galatians.
0: You're listening to the Caribbean Radio Lighthouse, broadcasting from the beautiful island of Antigua on 116 a.m. and 92.3 f.m. Galatians chapter 6 and verse 14.
1: 14. I left off the forty one.
0: Says and my temptation whoops that's the wrong chapter. Let me read the one I was supposed to read. Galatians 6.14 but God forbid that I should glory save in the cross of the Lord Jesus Christ by whom the world is crucified unto me and I am to the world. The
1: point that Paul is making here that the cross has come between him and the world. When he put his faith in Jesus Christ, the cross came between him and the world. That is the the way the Christian should live. You now see everything through the prism of the cross. And that's how you now view the world, because the cross is now your spectacles by which you view the world. And Paul is saying, it's the cross that has caused me to be crucified unto the world, and the world crucified unto me. So central to us separating from the world is the preeminence of the cross in our lives. And of course, the cross has to do the death, burial, and resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ.
0: Is that the foundation, then, of a biblical worldview? Do, do what? uh You were talking about looking through everything at everything through the yeah. prism of the cross.
1: There's no question about it that the Christian worldview is looking at things, I would say, not just through the cross, but through the Bible. Right? Long remember the, the whole focus of the Bible is the death of Jesus Christ. Everything in, in the Old Testament points forward towards Him. Everything in New Testament points back towards what He did for us at the cross. So it's essential. But a Christian worldview is looking at the uh, the world through the Old Testament and the New Testament. Uh, to have an idea of w- what god uh, wants what god 's will is, and that 's the standard by which we we we, uh, we live in this world
0: if you 'd like to ask a question you 've got about ten minutes left in this episode, so go ahead and send in your question quickly. You can whatsapp or text it to the following number: two six eight seven eight two one four five four, or you can call and ask it live on the air two7420. If you're joining us on Facebook, you can write there on your in on your device in the comment section. You can type your concern or your question, and it'll get passed along to Pastor Murphy. Uh,
1: therefore, uh, injunctions in the Bible uh, telling the believer in respect to the world. Uh, how he should view the world and what he should do in regards to the world. Uh, look at James four four.
0: James four four. You said injunctions. Not a word we'd normally use. Is that like a command?
1: Yeah, it's an exhortation. Okay. Uh, but it normally has a ring of it being an imperative, like a command.
0: Okay, James four four. Ye adulterers and adulteresses, know ye not that friendship of the world is enmity with God? Whosoever therefore will be of a friend of the world is the enemy of God.
1: Again, James is warning us that uh, friendship with the world uh, creates war between the believer and, and God himself. So he's warning us not to be so uh, connected with the world and so suited with the world that we lose our identity and the world becomes our friend. We pally-pally with the world well, and preach the gospel to the world and tell the world, escape the wrath to come and come into the church, which is the kingdom of God. So friendship uh, with the world, loving the world, quite frankly, is what he's talking about here and befriending the world and trying to fit into the world and not, not wanting to be salt nor light because you can't fit in uh, if, you, if the world is corrupt, as the Bible says, it's a present evil world, your job is to function as salt and light. So you can't be a friend of corruption. So if you find yourself now being a friend of corruption, it means that you're not fulfilling your function as salt and light. And that uh, leads you where uh, God begins to would begin to chase in you as a believer. Uh, that is, so we're not supposed to be friends of the world. Uh, look at James 1.27.
0: One of my favorite chapters in the Bible, James chapter one, verse number twenty-seven says, "Pure religion and undefiled before God and the Father is this: visit the fatherless and widows in their affliction, and to keep himself unspotted from the world."
1: Again, unspotted from the world. It's not. It's like you having a um, your holiness is a, like a garment, and you want to maintain your holiness. But you get involved in the world, and now it becomes contaminated and defiled. She's he's warning you of being defiled by the world, and he's telling the believer you must not become spotted with the world, getting so, uh, you know, it's like the monkeypox that they got now, or whatever it is. Yeah. <laughs> and by the way, I have heard what they're doing with that one, but I understand they're trying to find some kind of a vaccine. And it's, it's spreading much faster than people think, by the way. I'm told, Nathan, that if you shake a man's hand, and he's he's got it You can get it So you've got to be very Even you got to be very careful You know, in churches You want to be very, very friendly But the time is coming Where you've got to be Very, very careful You're still going to have to Use this kind of thing I'm not sure if it's in Antigua yet But if it gets to Antigua uh, We still would have to Use sanitizing and stuff like that Because it's a very serious matter You can mean well and end up getting in trying to be loving and careful to be thoughtful. But that that my mind keep yourself unspotted quite frankly, you don't <laughs> want to do that. <laughs> and then uh, Romans twelve uh, two.
0: Romans chapter twelve and verse number two says and be not conformed to this world. But be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind, that ye may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. And you
1: know, we've be dealing with that in our church. But the whole idea is don't let the world fit you into its mold. Conform to the world, uh, the world's thinking, the world's values, etc. We must avoid that at all costs and not fit into the, the, the world system. We must offer something quite opposite to that. And, of course, it costs for biblical transformation. So we're not to be friends of the world. We're not to be... Uh, keep ourselves spotted on for the world, we're not to conform to the world. And then Second Timothy two fourteen. It's an interesting verse. Two four, sorry. Second Timothy two four.
0: Second Timothy two four No man that warreth entangleth himself with the affairs of this life, that he may please himself who hath chosen him to be a soldier. <laughs>
1: So, he's talking about the idea of a soldier becoming entangled with the world. Uh, a soldier's job is to follow the commander and not to be so wrapped up so that um, he can't function uh, to do the soldier's job because he's so wrapped up in his secular fears, etc., etc. And it is warning us here as well that we've got to be careful that we don't get so entangled. With uh, our worldliness and the worldly system, that we forget that we are soldiers of the cross to carry in the glad tidings. And we've got to be very, very careful as far as entanglement is concerned. So he's warning us about that.
0: What are some specific examples that you might be able to give us for the listener who's saying, okay, King James English, we're not supposed to get entangled, but what are some things that maybe I'm doing in my Christian life in Antigua in 2022 that I'm allowing the world to entangle me or I'm getting entangled and I don't even realize it? Well, there's
1: several things that come to my mind immediately. One that comes to my mind is <coughs> t- take t- common dressing today. Uh, I've got people in <coughs> church that they got more outside than they got inside. Hmm. I think that quite frankly it's something that is is, is so common today Uh, the lack of modesty even among uh, Christian people not only in church but if you meet them on the street sometimes you have to you're talking to them you can't look at them because there's so much up there that is exposed you wonder what what kind of a crazy world we're living in I mean if I'm a believer and that bothers me should I mean should it not bother another Christian I mean, I'm not a super person, but I—that I, bothers me. I think that is one of the things. I think also <clears throat> the idea of um, materialism is another big thing that people go after. Uh, that is another the the wrapped up with the whole internet entertainment culture uh, is another big thing, especially in churches. That the church is more about entertainment than the proclamation of the word, and there are people who go to church not so much for the word. But to be entertained, I think that is a trend that is of concern. I think that is worthless as well. Uh, those are things, that the, the, the the whole wrapped up with the internet system and always plugged in. I don't know how believers can always be plugged in. They've got this thing in it. If they're not on the internet, they're on the computer. If not on the computer, they're on the cell phone. It's almost like 24 hours a day they're plugged in. They don't have any quiet time. I mean, how can God speak to us when <laughs> we're plugged in for 24 hours? Mm. That, to my mind, has taken over the the, the the Christian culture as well. So I would think that is part of the worldliness as well. And then the other thing, Nathan, is to be this politics wrapped up in politics and not using discernment and let the Bible be the standard by who they vote for or what party, etc. I think that Politics, uh, in my judgment, is, is destroyed churches in Antigua, and of churches that are split over politics, right? And I mm. think that's a very, uh, that is something that should not happen. We keep politics out of the. If one political party is doing something that is unscriptural, you preach against it. If the other is, you do it, you know, it's because this is my party, I can't say this, I can't. I think this is really, really terrible. That is worldliness, because we're not. Judging parties by truth, we're judging party by political alliance, and that means we compromise our principles. That to my mind is a, uh, another area of worldliness. Those are five things that just quickly without even having to think that um, to my mind, is a manifestation of, of worldliness uh, within the church
0: You we were talking about always being plugged in, and I think it was last week or the previous week we finished that the episode of that 's truth on that topic of how much time. Modern people are spending on with their technology, whether it be on the internet and all. And you were talking about they don't have a quiet time. How can God speak? And the verse that came to my mind was, Be still and know that I am God. I think it was David. Is that in the Psalms, if I remember right?
1: Uh, no, I think it was in Moses or the children of Israel, if I'm not mistaken. Okay. Yeah. But, I know, but yeah, I know the reference. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Be still and know well, that I yeah. am yeah. God. Uh, does that still apply to us today in 2022? Of
1: course it does, Nathan. Look, I, I think people need to understand there's no magic solution or no magic wand that you can be waived for godliness. Uh, godliness can only come through discipline. Paul told Timothy, discipline yourself unto godliness. So that means we have to uh, deliberately plan times that we spend in Scripture, we spend in prayer, we spend with God. Without that, I don't care who we are I don't care what church we go to we will never ever develop good godly character without having that time for God and uh, there's no other solution to it than the discipline that's needed to make that happen
0: can you remind me what do I need to do in order to have a right relationship with God you have to come to faith in Jesus Christ and
1: put your trust in him repent of your sins and receive him as your savior when you do that that gives you access to God, and a relationship begins there. You become God's son, God becomes your father, and that's where it all starts.
0: In the last 20 seconds, do I have to be baptized?
1: Absolutely not. You don't even have to to be confirmed either. You trust him, and then those things follow conversion. Those things follow being born again and being saved.